재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM Still, according to some people, unclear whether these strategies are working. So to find out more about the security situation there, uh, we are very pleased to have joining us from the University of Nottingham International Relations Professor Wynne Rees. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Professor. So one year on, how has France changed uh, since those attacks? Uh, France still feels a strong sense of vulnerability. Um, It's experienced the Paris attacks, and then it witnessed the subsequent attacks in Brussels, and then in Nice, uh, and other attacks within the country. So a very strong sense in the country that France is still very much in the crosshairs of um, the so-called Islamic State movement and, and other kind of radicals. And still strong tensions within the uh, French community, within the sort of Muslim community in in France, uh, a sense in which the country is still uneasy about its potential vulnerability to future attack. We know that even before the attacks and certainly after the attacks, uh, there have been concerns of uh, what's been deemed Islamist terrorism and there have been tensions uh, within various communities uh, who have migrated to various parts of Europe, but including in France. But uh, the uh, unfavorable views, and some people would might even take it to the extreme, some of the xenophobic views on Muslims, have those views worsened uh, over the past year since those attacks? It's hard to to generalize over such a huge kind of issue area, really. Views tend to spike around particular kinds of atrocities and and in the aftermath of of attacks. So we tend to take snapshots of of people's perceptions at moments in time like that. It's hard to, to know how that changes over time. I think France is a country where it has a strong secularist tradition where there's a clear divide between church and state and therefore some of those uh, attitudes within France I think have sharpened tensions with the Muslim community over standards of dress and we, we saw that whole debate over the summer about people wearing kind of particular swimwear on beaches and right. things. That that tends to kind of needle if you like communities and, and keep tensions simmering but how how you can make generalizations about feelings across the country is, is very difficult because it you know it swings and varies according to what's happened in the news recently 
The French Prime Minister Manuel Valls did say the state of emergency that was imposed in the immediate aftermath of those attacks, uh, that state of emergency is expected to be extended. We're not privy, of course, to um, French intelligence sources and what they have to say. But as far as the overall feeling, and again, it's maybe a generalization, but is the terrorist threat across uh, France or maybe in other countries like Belgium still just as prominent as a year ago? I think it is. I mean, Hollande responded to the attacks in Paris with a very strong kind of France is at war sort of stance. Um, the use of, of bombing in, in the Middle East against Islamic State sort of targets out there. Um, and so France is still seen as, as being on the front line of Western efforts against these sorts of groups. Um, I was out in France on holiday in the summer and, you know, you still see foot patrols of soldiers on the beaches in full combat gear, automatic weapons. It's quite a chilling sight. Mm. It's meant to reassure the population, but it also has that sense of kind of reminding them just how high profile France is in the war on against terrorism. Um, and I think this... With, with what's going on in the Middle East at the moment, with trying to drive Islamic State out of places like Mosul and subsequently Raqqa in Syria, we're going to see the, the, the kind of heightened problem of some of those people escaping from those conflict zones and probably going back into Europe, and therefore a fear that there's, be, there's going to be jihadists who will be coming back into Europe, uh, having been expelled from the Middle East. Now, you do have... I wouldn't want to say fringe because she is quite popular, but um, people like Marine Le Pen who have kind of gone the extra strep sort of in a Trumpian way of uh, saying that uh, all people of this one faith need to be scrutinized or perhaps even banned. But uh, that might be deemed xenophobic uh, rhetoric. However, uh, there are, I guess, uh, widespread concerns about there being either loopholes or um, porous borders where militants can kind of go through unchecked uh, throughout various countries in Europe, uh, has the EU come to grips with this problem and, and tried to address it in any way? It's a huge problem. You're, you're right to actually outline that. I think the the European Union and in particular nation states within Europe have been making strenuous efforts to kind of address this problem. It's it's a problem of of infiltration of of potential jihadists infiltrating other kind of migrants and refugees trying to escape from conflict zones it's extremely hard to make a kind of leak proof system and your system is only as good as your kind of weakest link within that range of different countries who are trying to kind of police their borders um there's obviously tensions between turkey and the eu over the way in which they're dealing with this problem um and potentially large numbers of people congregating in different kinds of countries on the borders of europe so we saw over the summer huge numbers of people still crossing the the mediterranean and getting to to italy and and other parts of europe trying to get in so it's it's impossible to say that that situation has been completely closed down but the authorities are certainly very very aware of the potential risks there and are trying to maximize the security efforts against that risk and as you pointed out uh, even during your recent holidays uh, in 
France, uh, it is a bit jarring to see these armed men patrolling the streets and uh, whether people feel this is akin to being a police state or uh, being constantly under 24-7 martial law. uh, Is there really anything else in your view or in the view of other security experts that the European authorities can do to combat the threat of terrorism? I think there's a lot of effort going on, both at the state level and at the EU level in terms of, of information sharing of we've got mechanisms like the European arrest warrant in the EU. Most of that effort takes place by state governments because they are primarily responsible for their own internal security. And then the EU level is kind of a value added level, if you like, above that in terms of measures agreed across Europe to try and coordinate and and add an extra level of security above and beyond that of of member states. So a lot's been going on since 9-11 in this regard. Um, It's imperfect. The EU is an imperfect actor. Um, You can only get as much cooperation as particular governments are willing to to accept. And some governments, like France, feel it, feel themselves under threat Mm -hmm. to a greater extent than other governments. So it's, it's a mixed picture. But I think a lot is being done. And to give the EU credit, you know, a relatively significant amount of success has been achieved in terms of cooperation more than any other part of the world. Speaking of things that have changed, and just for the final question, just want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, certainly, uh, major changes in the U.S. as far as the political situation there. Uh, they have a president-elect, Donald Trump, who has had uh, things to say about the situation in Europe, their battles with uh, terrorism, as well as, of course, uh, other issues like uh, NATO and and uh, the idea of cost-sharing and what have you. But it is also sort of poignant and maybe symbolic in terms of the rise of uh, Trump in the U.S. And, and people like Le Pen in France. How do you think that will affect the situation going forward, if any, if at all? I think it's, it's in, in, a, in, in many ways, making it harder to cooperate when you get some very hard-line governments coming to power who start to kind of pull the shutters down and talk about their own national individual security. It's hard to get that kind of common sense of shared problem and agreement amongst member states when particular countries kind of stand out in this regard and start battening down their own kind of measures at the expense potentially of their neighbors. So I think we're in for a period of greater kind of turbulence and a period in which it's going to be harder to get those levels of cooperation across Europe if member governments start effectively opting out of common sort of sharing and uh, cooperative arrangements. Well, we'll have to see how the situation unfolds both in the EU and in the United States and, of course, even here in Northeast Asia. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Pleasure.